Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Tom Fox, and welcome to the December edition of The Compliance Life. In this month's edition, I visit with Kim Yapchai. Kim is the Chief Compliance and Chief Sustainability Officer at Teneco. She's had a very distinguished career in compliance, but it didn't uh, start out in compliance. We explore her undergraduate degree in economics and how that led to her going to law school, but becoming a business person with a law degree. We talk about her path to the CCO chair as an in-house counsel and what she learned as a business lawyer and was able to apply that in compliance in a preventative law perspective. We consider her roles at uh, Whirlpool and Teneco as chief compliance officers, some of the challenges she's faced, and some of the successes she's had at both corporations. We conclude with her new role, in addition to being chief compliance officer at Teneco, as the chief sustainability officer, and how that role helps her to uh, have a broader risk management portfolio and use risk in a strategic way, both from the compliance perspective and the sustainability perspective. It's a fascinating series of interviews over the month of December. I know you will enjoy them all. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another series of episodes on The Compliance Life, where we visit with someone who has sat in the CCO chair and about their journey. Today, I'm absolutely thrilled to have Kim Yapchai, Kim is the uh, shorthand version, Chief Compliance and Sustainability Officer at Teneco. I've had the chance to visit with her before, and she's got a great story, and I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. So, Kim, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Oh, thank you, Tom. It's such an honor, and thank you for all the work you do on putting these podcasts together. I learned so much from them. Well, great. Kim, I really wanted to start around your college degree because you have a BA in economics, and I will note from the University of Michigan, so go blue. But that really puts you, I would say, in the in the minority of folks who are uh, chief compliance officers. Um, they typically had uh, some sort of pre-law or other type degree, although it could be uh, accounting or, or something that might lead to an internal audit focus. But I was wondering if you could talk about what got you to that degree plan and how that may have informed your journey up to the CCO chair? Yeah, so it's a good question, Tom. And let me start off by saying, I consider myself a business person with a law degree, not a lawyer with a business degree. And, and how that journey evolved is I come from a medical family, but uh, most people in my family are doctors or nurses, but I don't like blood. So I needed to find another path when I went to, to college and I really had no idea what that was going to be. And I, and I fell into economics. I took my first class and it was so intuitive, supply, demand. I love the international aspect of it. 
So I decided to declare that as a major, but then thought, well, what am I going to do with this? Am I really going to be an economist, right, and just study, you know, this for the rest of my life? And I started to get involved with a, a business club at U of M. It was an extracurricular group that helped you to decide where you would go in life. And you did personality testing and skills testing. And all of that told me that I should go to law school. <laughs> so what I decided was to combine the two interests, business, you know, maybe get an MBA and go to law school as well. But then as I went through that journey, I realized that I could combine both of them by becoming an in-house counsel and really do what most of my family was doing, practicing preventative medicine to help people avoid getting sick. I could do the same thing for a company by practicing preventative or proactive law so they could help avoid risks or mitigate those risks once they found them. So could you tell us a little bit about your early career uh, after law school uh, and your uh, sort of early in-house roles? Sure. I was in the majority and actually went straight in-house from law school. Very rare. I interned after my second year at Ford Motor Credit Company. It's the financing arm of Ford Motor Company and was hired straight in from there and really had a different journey. I didn't realize it until later on in my career, but compared to people who went into firms, right, or spent all their time in courts, I was part of business teams and I was taught how to be a manager, how to run effective meetings, how to negotiate win-win outcomes, how to coach and counsel people and write performance reviews. And I didn't realize that wasn't normal until much, much later into my career. Uh, I, I would go even further than that and say that's almost extraordinary uh, as uh, beyond not normal. But it's it sounds like you developed a skill set that it sadly is not taught in law school. Yeah, it, it really, I didn't have any discussions, let alone a class on those skills during law school or how to do PowerPoint presentations and things like that. And, and it's true, I agree, not all companies even teach incoming managers that. So um, it was funny later on in my career when I went to other companies, people asked me, well, how do you learn how to do that? Did you read a book? <laughs> I was like, well, yes, I've read some books, but I had actual classes and mentors and, and people who helped me to groom those skills. Well, could you talk about some of the, the legal topics you handled at uh, Ford Motor Credit or the range of issues as a business lawyer you uh, dealt with? Sure. We did uh, retail and commercial financing. So everything from the mortgage lending and capital loans that you need to run a dealership, right, and put cars on your lot, build your facility, all the way to the lease or contract that you would sign as a consumer to buy or lease a car. So it ran the gamut, mostly focused in the U.S. and Southwest and Western regions were where I did most of my work. As a part of that learning experience, did you uh, really uh, have to be a part of the risk management team in terms of uh, if you think about or if I think about loans, I think about financial risk and potential defaults. Is Was that part of your learning experience as an in-house counsel? It, it, Yes, it wasn't designated as a risk management team, 
but as a lawyer assigned to a region, you were part of that business team. So you were always looking at what were your repossession ratios, right? Had you taken on too much risk in lending and did you need to scale back how, how open you were being with lines of credit or vice versa? Do you want to open up and, and take on more risk in lending, right? Because people are, are paying on time. So there was always a balance, yes. Could you talk about some of the other in-house roles uh, that you had? You mentioned uh, that you went to perhaps some other companies after Ford Motor Credit. What was those, what were those experiences like for you? Sure. I was at Ford Credit for seven years and really enjoyed it. It was just a wonderful place to be. And then I was recruited away by Masco Corporation, which is a, another Fortune 500 conglomerate that owns companies like Bear Paint and Delta Faucet. Uh, a lot of home improvement companies, but they were a deal machine. Just find, you know, found things that made money and bought them up and made more money. So it was a really exciting place to be for a good portion of my of my career. And uh, uh, to there, I I held many different roles until I was an assistant general counsel, and that's actually where I received the responsibility for compliance for the first time. So uh, it sounds like you were actually able to expand, uh, perhaps not your role, but your knowledge of, of the business side of things with some of these other jobs. Would that be yes. a fair assessment? Yes, and that's actually what led me to taking the role at Masco was the ability to have a much more diverse experience across subject matters and across industries as well. Because Masco had everything from furniture to uh, construction you know, to manufacturing. And did the uh, did these other jobs have? I, I guess they would not have had sort of the formal training that Ford or Ford Motor Credit had. But were there uh, opportunities for you to grow professionally as well? There were opportunities. They weren't run the same way as Ford was, uh, but I was allowed to participate in a lot of external programs. And frankly, that is where I met the GC of Whirlpool, who then asked me to join her team. <laughs> Uh, let, let me ask, um, as a woman in the 90s and early uh, first decade of this year, were there uh, mentorship opportunities open to you? Were you able to mentor with other women or were you really just dropped in the deep end and said, uh, call us if you need us, but don't call us really? Yeah. No, I have had great fortune in finding mentors over the years. They weren't through through formal programs but they were people who I realized I really like what they're doing. Uh, Jeff Philly, the, the president of Bear Paint Company is one of the role models that I really appreciated his style of leadership. And so I'd ask questions on how he did things and why he did things in a certain way. There were lawyers as well who mentored me throughout the career. And um, through some of the programs that I've participated, I've been able to meet incredible women like Marianne Hines, who's the first female GC of a Fortune 500 company. And she is somebody who I have her cell phone now. And when I have a sticky problem, I can call her up and ask her about it. So in terms of uh, leadership uh, styles, could you maybe point to one or two things you learned from a, a more of a business professional, whether it be a CEO, CFO, or other, that you've been able to incorporate into your leadership style? Certainly. One of the things that I learned, you know, and definitely as your career grows, right, and, and you climb the ladder, 
leadership is not about being the person who knows it all. It's about having the right team that knows it all. And, and you need to help provide the vision and the guidance for the team to, to achieve and accelerate. So, you know, it was really helpful for me to see different leadership styles, people who were very authoritarian, um, who they had tight control and they did the entire presentations and their team sat silent versus people who were much more collaborative and the focus was really on their team rather than themselves. I found the latter to be a better fit for me. Kim, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where we take a look uh, at your uh, more direct path to the CCO. I greatly look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Compliance Life. In the month of December, I'm featuring Kim Yapchai, the Chief Compliance and Chief Sustainability Officer at Teneco. I hope you'll join us again next week. Also, we have a new podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network, The Wirecard Saga, where I'm taking a deep dive weekly into Wirecard with Kyle Gordon Ryder of Affiliated Monitors. Finally, on 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program, this month's topic is training and communications. Check out all these podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>